Welcome to Highway 89, Utah's most scenic musical byway. Hi there, I'm Bill McLaughlin, and today we're coming to you from BYU Broadcasting in Provo, Utah. Joining me in the studio today are 27 marvelous young artists from the Gifted Music School, which was founded in 2008 by Eugene Watanabe, who's already a local legend by the time he got out of high school and went off to Curtis Institute in Philly. The Gifted Music School is an out-of-control institution. It's recognized all across the world but especially in the U.S., these kids have been on a wonderful show that you know called From the Top. They've recognized everywhere for the level of their achievement. And in addition to studying their various instruments, they also participate in choir and orchestra. They learn solfege, theory, music, history, master class training. That's unusual in the U.S., but not in Russia, Korea, Venezuela, or Japan. But it's about time it got here. It's a very thorough way. It's a very old-fashioned way of training the kids very high level of musical commitment. These age range here is from 3 to 18. They come from all sorts of circumstances. And one of the goals of the Gifted Music School is to make world-class instruction available to students of all socioeconomic backgrounds so that many of the students attending the school are here on full scholarship. Have a lot of wonderful guest artists in the past as master classes in the school. Leon Fleischer, the very great pianist, who was one of Eugene's teachers, actually, at Curtis. Andres Cardenas, who used to be a concert master of the Salt Lake City Orchestra. Robert Litzett, David Kim could go on and on. But I think it's time to hear some music. We're going to play some Dvorak for you. Antonin Dvorak, almost every musician's favorite comfort composer. Fantastic composer. Came to the United States from Bohemia in 1892. And uh, we always feel as if we owe him a debt of gratitude because he set American composers on the way. He said, write your own music. So let's listen to some of Dvorak in his own music. It's very, very bohemian, very Czech, we'd call it. First movement of the Serenade Nee Major, Opus 22, music of Antonin Dvorak with the string orchestra, members of the Gifted Music School of Salt Lake City.
Strange that that piece did not have the audience just bounce into a applause at it, Michael. Yeah. You're a string player. We've got a wonderful composer with us, and we're going to be hearing his work next. Michael McLean, welcome back. You spent a lot of time in Salt Lake City, I understand. Many, many years, about 20 years. Yeah, where are you from to begin with? I grew up in Dearborn, Michigan. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, so I studied with a a violinist from the Detroit Symphony. Wow. And so I studied violin, and I composed on the side, so kind of in secret. And you're living in L.A. now. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, Yeah. it's wonderful. How's it feel as a fiddle player hearing these young kids play at Dvorak? Which, oh, by the way, if you just tune in the middle of it, Music of Anthony, Dvorak, Opus 22, the first move of the Serenade Knee. Well, um, I wanted to grab one of their violins and play. I'm, I'm more <laughs> used to playing than, than listening, so uh-huh. I, it's, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed their playing, beautiful playing. And you've written a very interesting, very deep piece. This is a romantic piece. We just heard romantic music from the very late 19th century, probably about the middle 1880s. Here's a piece from right now. Yeah. What's it about? Well, first of all, what's the title? Um, Lux Eterna, which means eternal light. It's a spiritual piece that I wrote. It's for, um, in memory of uh, Peter Mensch. And so it's a commission uh, for this group. And uh, a good friend of mine, Debbie Mensch, um, her son passed away mm-hmm. about five years ago. And so this is in, in honor and memory. He was a cellist. And I'm also good friends with his sisters who are playing the violin solo. So... Um, that's what this piece is, you know, was set up for. Yeah. It looks like Tana, it's part of a Requiem Mass very often, isn't it? Yeah. And it's, it's been, um, there's a piece by, um, I think it's, I think Leggetti wrote to Luke Saterna that I was looking at. And it was used in 2001. 2001. Yeah, of course it is. It's fantastic. This doesn't sound like (laughs) 2001, though. No. Um, my inspiration, I, I am a more conservative, I love Leggetti, but, um, Arvo Pert is is kind of up my alley, and I'm in L.A., so I've got to make things a little more tonal, too. So. Yeah. Well, for you folks listening to this piece, this is a rare treat. We're playing it now, and we actually haven't played it in public before, so you're getting to hear it on this the radio before anyone else. We're going to play it back in Salt Lake City tomorrow. Uh, as you listen, it's in three sections. The first very slow, almost celestial movie, or celestial music, sorry, and then it gets quite agitated, that's, yeah, the spark of life. And uh-huh. so that's kind of um, us, us being, you know, inception. It's being right. kind of incarnation. Right. And so that was my envisioning um, Peter's life and um, his, you know, and being alive. And then um, the afterlife is the end. For me, there's a hymn tune in the yeah, end. Yeah, there is. It's a Von Williams. I, I think of it as a Von Williams tune, but it's also uh, used in the LDS church and in many, yeah. many settings. So, so many of you folks will recognize that. Tell us who the soloists are, the two sisters that you've been working with. Uh, Sarah Mensch and Becca Mensch, great, amazing violinists, um, daughters of Debbie Mensch and brothers of Peter Mensch. And I wrote this envisioning, I, I kind of thought of them as the angelic muses uh, with playing with their brother. There's also an obligato, obligato cello part, so yeah. it's kind of music making in the family. And it's almost like reaching across that divide, isn't it? it? Exactly. It's a beautiful piece, man. I can't wait to hear it. We also have a, a piano soloist who is kind of... Yoshigi, if I'm getting your night right. Uh. Let's play now. Luke Saterna, music of Michael McLean, and this is a world premiere.
You folks listening at home can't see me reaching behind to shake hands with his two magnificent sisters playing the Minch sisters, playing Rebecca and Sarah Minch Tasker. Fantastic performance, solo violins. And right now I'm looking down at an eight-year-old girl named Maya. We got to be friends over the past couple of little days. And uh, so that's sort of the, the top end of it. We, actually, we got a kid here who's much taller than I am. He's going to talk with. He's a wonderful cello player. If you tuned in, you're listening to fantastic young musicians from the Gifted Music School of Salt Lake City. Got 27 of them crammed into this wonderful studio here down in Provo, BYU Broadcasting. And uh, we're going to move ahead. So here's a man who's wearing a T-shirt that says, Just shut up and reboot already. Who are you and how dare you wear that to the radio station? <laughs> Tell us your name. Uh, hello, I am Andrew Yavernitsky. Yeah. And you got a wonderful carrot top, which puts you in league with Hector Berlioz and Vivaldi, the composer that we're about to hear. They're both redheads. So are you. Yes, yes. Vivaldi was described as the uh, little boy running around the church. <laughs> he sure was. <laughs> little red-headed priest terrorizing Venice. Yeah. So do you get to terrorize the cello section? You have a partner on this. Who's your partner? Oh, absolutely. Uh, my, my partner in crime is Chase Ferry, and uh-huh. we're going to be playing the Vivaldi II Cello Concerto. Wow. I think we don't need to say another word. We're moving back a long time in history. We just heard music was just composed. You folks at home heard it for the first time of anyone on this planet. Well, I guess we heard it in rehearsal this week, but that's the first performance. Now we're going back to some music which comes from about, I'm guessing, 1712. And it was written for a bunch of little girls in a school kind of like this in Venice, Hospitala di Pietà. Andrew, I'll let you cross over and back of me to get back to your cellos there. Vivaldi, what a character. El Pretre Rosso, the red-headed priest. Wild man. Watch out. Here comes wild music for two cellos and string orchestra by Antonio Vivaldi. Thank you. 
music of Antonio Vivaldi. This was actually written for kids about the age we just heard playing it. It was written for a school for foundling girls in Vienna called L'Ospedale di Pietà. In those days when uh, people didn't quite know what to do with unexpected gifts from heaven, they wrapped them up in bundling clothes and dropped them on the front stairs of a church where they knew somebody would come along in two minutes, take the poor little infants in and feed them. And they did more than feed them in Venice. They taught them to play music at the very highest level. And Vivaldi was a music master for this all-girl orchestra, 12, 13, 14, 15 years old, sort of what, what I'm looking at today. I want to meet, or have you meet at least, the man who's responsible for all this, Eugene Watanabe. Hello, Bill. I'm honored to be here, and I'm honored to have you <laughs> on the other side of the microphone. <laughs> I mean, Eugene, you, from everything I've been able to tell, you were the hottest thing in Salt Lake City when you were a kid growing up. I mean, you're too modest. I'm not. Even, I'm, I won't ask him to say yes. It was. He was. He was playing all over the state. He was playing with the Utah Symphony from an early age. He's not only a great fiddle player; he's a great pianist. In fact, you're the only person I think ever went to the famous Curtis Institute with a double major. Yeah, I was. Uh, I did study both instruments. Um, I won't attest to what I did, but piano I did and violin. Violin and piano. Yeah. Who were your teachers? Uh, my teachers on the violin were Arnold Steinhardt and Yasha Brodsky, and yeah. on the piano was Leon Fleischer and uh, Claude Frank. And then you also studied while you were in Kansas City growing up. You studied a bit with Andrew, Andrew uh, Cardenas, who was the concertmaster here for a while, right? Yes, he was concertmaster of the Utah Symphony here, and uh, I've been blessed to uh, work with some fabulous, fabulous musicians. Joseph Silverstein was also another right. one of my fiddle teachers, and um, uh, I was lucky enough that I had parents that cared about um, arts education from when I was very young, and they decided that would be a good way to keep me off the streets. They must have planted that... Uh, appreciation in you deeply because man we got out of Curtis you're ready to go anywhere in the world you can win a big competition you know you'll be on the same plane as Joshua Bell or characters like that you decided to come back home and well, make a school but and a very special school tell us what this place is and what you're trying to do it's insane it's impossible to do what you're doing but I'm sitting here in this room with these kids who have shown it I'm the one that's insane you're doing it well um, Salt Lake City is uh, and Utah in general is uh, a remarkable uh, place to be, and uh, I've always felt deeply about music education. It's so important to to every child, whether they become professional musicians or not. Yeah. It's uh, so important that we raise uh, raise the next generation with with care and compassion. And I feel arts is one of the most yeah. important ways to do that. And one of the things we were talking at dinner last night. There's a thing in government called Title I schools. These are schools with kids who are not as lucky as a lot of the kids in this room. But even the kids in this room, I guess we come from all kinds of varied economic and cultural and uh, backgrounds. And the important thing is, like, what Gene's got in the back of his mind is what they're doing in Venezuela, which is not just a place for crackpot dictator. It's almost one of the best school systems in the world for music, isn't it? Yes, they have a remarkable system called the Sistema that's uh, prevalent throughout the country. It was yeah. a national movement and... Um, of course, whatever you call it, um, they have, of course, uh, the right idea, and uh, the global climate is such that uh, we're all moving towards that. Yeah. I suppose for folks who are listening now, you may know the name uh, of Dudamel, who's the famous conductor now of the Los Angeles Philharmonic. He's all about 31 years old. He's a product of La Sistema, and he's one of the gifts that most kids to conduct. And when he conducts those kids from Venezuela, these are kids who grew up selling dope. No joke. They were singing in the hardest places in the world. Remember hearing the clarinet player say, it felt so good to put my hands around a clarinet instead of a gun. He was 11 years old. That's how tough the scene is. I'm thinking nobody in the room has had it that tough, but you want to go get them anyway, don't you? You yes. want to get everyone. Yes, I want to get everyone and uh, I'll reach out to every child out there and provide opportunities. And nothing does it better than music. And this is how well Eugene has trained these kids that they play really, really well without a conductor. In fact... I was thinking about conducting this piece, but then I found out that they played this piece by Oster Piazzolo much better without me. So here goes. Here is uh, the Portenia is a, a woman who lives by the port in Buenos Aires. So this is the Portenia of spring. Portenia primavera. Watch out. These kids are on their own. They take no prisoners. Thank you. 
for a second. Go over, stand by the next tree. Uh, we're going to add another little guest artist for a second. Who was that smoking violin we just heard? That was music of Oster Piazzolla, who's a tango guy from Argentina who grew up with a prize fighter for a buddy, Rocky Marciano, but American classical musicians love him. So young lady, I wrote with you, and I know your name, but tell the folks, who are you? I'm Shanae Anderson. How old are you? I'm 14. I would ask if your mom knows you play the violin like that, but I know she does. You took us to the rehearsal. That's outrageous. Thank you. Yeah. There's such smoking stuff going on in there, and you look like the most mild-mannered little girl. <laughs> Watch out. There's a tiger there. And we got another tiger. Aubrey, would you come over and join us? You're going to play uh, or lead the orchestra now in uh, more Vivaldi. Yes, summer. the summer from the Four Seasons. Tell us, tell us your name. Where are you from? I'm Aubrey Oliverson. I'm from Orem. Uh-huh. How, um, since I'm from New York, and I don't know, how far away is that from Salt Lake City? It's about 45 minutes. Uh-huh. Which way? Uh, up, south? 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 Okay. okay. Yeah. So we kind of came sore that way when we came down to Provo today, maybe. So you've been all over. You played at Carnegie Hall. You played on from the top. I didn't mean to embarrass you. You also look like a normal teenager, maybe a little taller. <laughs> You're sort of like mid-range. Yeah, I'm a normal teenage girl. You know, I like hanging out with my friends and just having fun. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny because I was watching you lead the orchestra in the Vivaldi, this this summer concerto, which we're about to hear. Uh-huh. You know who you remind me of? Alison Krauss. Do you know her? I don't think so. Okay. You ought to get some. Go on iTunes. This is one of the great fiddle players. After Mark O'Connor, she's one of the very great fiddle players alive. I caught Alison Krauss in Kansas City when I was there. She was about 16, 17 years old. They'd been driving all day from someplace in Arkansas. She arrived. She had smudges on her face. She looked like a little kid. And then she <laughs> tore the place apart the way you do. And the way you do, I'm looking at you, the way all of these kids here do. Is it fun? Oh, it's so fun. So Definitely. You kept rehearsing yesterday, and you kept pushing it faster. <laughs> yeah, I think we all like to go fast. So do you uh, do dangerous stuff like skateboard or ride a bike down a hill too fast without a helmet or any of that kind of stuff? I love skiing. That makes sense. So kind of dangerous. Well, hang on to your hats now. We're going to hear music of Vivaldi now from the set The Four Seasons we're going to hear the final part of summer. A lot of summer is sort of languorous and slow, and you feel like I don't have quite enough energy to push that mosquito away. But that's not the final movement. Here we go with Aubrey.
Oh, bravo and huzzah and congratulations. That's spectacular fiddle playing and wonderful music making all together. Eugene, you made a miracle here in Utah. There's an entire team of people that make it happen, and uh, there's an entire faculty of fabulous teachers and uh, musicians and support and people and that make it happen. I'm just one piece of the puzzle, and it wouldn't happen without a community that supports it. Yeah, but you had the idea, man. Well, uh, there was a number of people that had the idea, and I don't want to take credit for it, but um, there's... Have you ever heard of almost preternaturally modest... I mean, almost pathologically modest. Eugene Watanabe, you're the sweetest man. You're a fantastic fiddle player, a great pianist, and you made this miracle happen in Utah. So just say, thanks, Bill. I'm glad you got it. Well, thank you, Bill. And there's one thing that I wanted to to say was um, we're so grateful uh, for KBYU and uh, for all the people here at KBYU that uh, is making this possible. Mark Waite behind the glass, Jackie, for making all of this happen. And uh, uh, Eric Lismeyer and Mark... Uh, there's just so many people that have made this uh, possible. And I also wanted to thank Bill. Uh, he didn't credit himself, but he was conducting all of this <laughs> here behind the scenes. And so uh, I want to want to thank such an enormous musical presence to to be here to to, it's to be with, with the kids. It's been my very great pleasure. I've had a ball with these young. I feel like a new family. You know, my own kids are kind of grown up now. I need to adopt you guys. Yeah. It'd be fun. Anyway, thanks, Jim, for inviting me. We got one more little piece, and this is a gift from your wife, Vera. Um, it was it was her idea initially. <laughs> yeah, you just heard a very jittery summertime. Here's George Gershwin.
Eugene, I knew that your wife Vera was a talented pianist. Turns out she's a lovely orchestrator. Vera Watanabe's orchestration of George Gershwin is lullaby. We had a lot of soloists, and I don't know their names. First of all, who's that, that wild viola player was playing the tune? That's Ethan Sherman. <clears throat> yeah, he was actually playing the tune up in the violin register on the viola. Yes, absolutely. And then there was a jazz violinist. What's her name? Here, you're right by my microphone. What's your name, young lady? I'm Brie Fotheringham. And how old are you? I'm 15. 15? Yes. You want to keep on doing this? What? You want to keep on playing fiddle? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'd say that's a very good idea. You keep it up. <laughs> keep on practicing. You sound wonderful. We had jazz pianist. Uh, that was uh, David Horton. And let's see, you also had uh, one of our cellists picked up the Fender bass and played jazz bass. Yes, that was uh, Chase Ferry. <clears throat> okay, fantastic performance. Thanks so much. Those of you who got to hear this on the radio today, check out the Gifted Music School. They give concerts from time to time. You got young musicians, take them along. I'm theory, take take five or six or seven years old. At least go to hear the rehearsals. Call Eugene, he'll tell you. Bring them into the thing. This is a fantastic thing that you all have going. I don't know of anything like it in the country. Dudamel is trying to get it going in LA with a whole mighty you know, LA Philharmonic budget in back of him. This is hipper. This is real deal. It's a beautiful music making. And you guys are a dangerous bunch of good musicians. Great pleasure working with you. Hi there, I'm Bill McLaughlin. I'm visiting from New York City out here in Utah, having a ball with the musicians from the Gifted Music School. And uh, this concludes this edition of Highway 89. Our guests have been 27 of these young artists from the Gifted Music School. I want to thank the school's founder and director, Eugene Watanabe, for organizing this performance. Check it out, folks. The Gifted Music School is a nonprofit children's organization. That means if you give them 10 bucks, it's going to go straight to making music, not to administration. They're committed to creating a new standard for music education in the United States. That's a bold statement, but they're actually doing it. I can hear it. So they study their instruments, they study all the rest of music, and we're always glad to hear from you, our listeners, who heard them on the performance. Go check out their performances. And meantime, we welcome your comments. You can contact us simply by email, highway89 at byuedu. Highway 89, a production of BYU Broadcasting in Provo, Utah. The recording engineer is Mark Waite. Thanks for getting a good sound on that. You had a lot of challenges, and you accomplished it beautifully. And the show's producer is Jackie Tateishi. I'm Bill McLaughlin. Thanks for listening. And see you around. And check out these kids. They're out of control. <laughs>